Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. They're going to try to impeach you in the House. They say you're doing this intentionally and that you're a liar. Your reaction? I don't have time um, for words uh, like that. The Republicans want a, a, a stop to the flow. I don't have time for Secretary. politics. Sure about that? Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Former President Bill Clinton and Britain's Prince Andrew are two of Jeffrey Epstein's most high-profile associates, publicly named in the more than 900 pages of mostly unredacted documents released Wednesday. There's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating. Um, well, I didn't sweat at the time. And that was, oh, actually, yes, I didn't sweat at the time. Yeah, well, my parents had a brother that they'd never met. They got mad at me for not telling him sooner. And they kicked me out of the house. Yeah, that's what happened. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. 844-500-4242. I'm Taylor Cormier. This is the Howie Carr Show. Howie is back on Monday. But if you really want to make him happy upon his return, go buy his book, Paperboy. HowieCarshow.com. Click store. Paperboy's up there, available to be shipped out almost as soon as you click on Buy Now. So we have that for you there. And, yeah, like I said, make the captain happy when he returns and sees... Empty boxes that once held books that he wrote. 844-500-4242. Some stupid politician news as we uh, continue through the the primaries here. Uh, Leading up to the primaries, I should say. Nikki Haley has done it again. She was in Iowa. Well, she was in New Hampshire uh, yesterday. All her trouble seems to come in from New Hampshire. That was the Civil War comment. And uh, now this comment, she's talking about it really trying to motivate people to go out and vote for her. Obviously, that's what she's there to do. But she's talking about the the primaries and the caucuses and uh, how that all plays out. And she made this comment, and this is fresh off uh, a trip to Iowa, I believe. Was she in Iowa when she she made the uh, Civil War comment? Or was it New Hampshire? She was in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That's what I thought. So she made this this comment, I believe, yesterday. This is cut six. We have an opportunity to get this right. And I know we'll get it right. And I trust you. I trust every single one of you. You know how to do this. You know Iowa starts it. You know that you correct it. You know that you continue to go... Good God. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's pandering. I I cannot stand a panderer. Somebody who flies into town and says the just exact right thing because, well, it's your town. Makes a reference to a, 
I, I use this example all the time. Uh, it's comedians or, or musicians. They when they go and do these these small town shows or you know these offbeat, uh, they're making the the Bijou Theater run. Pretty much, they're they're about halfway washed up. They go into your town, and the first thing they do is they ask the the theater manager, the stage manager, whoever it is, hey, what's what's like the worst part of town around here? They say, oh, that's, uh, I'll use New Bedford as an example. Uh, it'd probably be North Front Street. Okay, North Front Street. And uh, so then the comedian will get up on stage. The audience will be there, all local people. Hey, hey, how many of you from uh, Belleville Ave? How many of you from uh, Kushnet Ave? How many from North Front Street? Oh, I'm staying away from you guys. <laughs> and everybody laughs. And it's just the most eye-rolliest thing of all time. That's what Nikki Haley is. She is the panderer of panderers. I thought Joe Biden was a pretty good panderer, but Nikki Haley may be a, a contestant for a worst panderer of all time. The Civil War thing was a whiff, and it was a, a pandering to the South. She didn't want to address slavery. She didn't want to upset her base. Um, because again, I point back to 2015 when she took down the Confederate flag from the state house. And then she said, well, there's still people who believe in this and we respect that, but we also respect the people that don't believe in this. So I'm just going to straddle the fence here and say, this is coming down, but I know how much it means to people. <laughs> and she did it with, again, this, the slavery, not mentioning slavery. She didn't want to upset her base in South Carolina, in the South and this time around, she's pandering to New Hampshire. You guys fix it. Iowa starts it, but you guys fix it. Meanwhile, she's complete. when she does these pandering things, she's completely alienating the other side because it's just so obvious. You don't think the people of Iowa are going to take notice of that and say, wow, how insulting. Uh, I mean, that's, that's their vote. And this, this election cycle is all about an individual's right to vote. You, I mean, I know you've heard that in 2016 and 2020, but you heard it from the other side. Now you're hearing it from the conservative side because it is about our right to vote. You have states, um, what, up to 12 states now that are, are considering trying to take Trump off the ballot. Colorado and Maine have already gone through with efforts to do so, though the decision is being appealed and the Trump campaign has, has finally asked the Supreme Court to take up the, the Colorado case to make a decision on that so that we can get back to business here. Your literal right to choose who you want as a legitimate candidate for president of the United States is coming under fire in some of these states. And that's such an absurd thing without any credible accusations or, or convictions against that one candidate. But Nikki Haley is taking all of that for granted and saying, well, Iowa starts it, but you guys get it right. You think people in Iowa aren't considering that, that this is one of their most valued things in life is being to being able to choose. It should be one of the most valued things in every American's life is going to the ballot box and being able to choose 
who you want for president of the United States, who you want to usher this country throughout the next four years. But she takes that for granted and, and disenfranchises. When we have enough disenfranchisement going on in this election cycle, she disenfranchises an entire state of people in favor of boosting up another state of people. And by the way, it's also disenfranchising people in New Hampshire because people like me, I don't live in New Hampshire, but if I did, I would see through this right away. And you don't think that people can see through this and say, well, God, I really don't like that kind of attitude. I'm going to go vote for somebody else. <sighs> and there's also, by the way, another uh, another reason not to vote for Nikki Haley. And this is a clip that surfaced uh, for some reason last night and today. It's It's been making the rounds, but I, it's definitely very, very, uh, it must have been uh, some sort of campaign operative for DeSantis or even Trump that... Uh, that dug this up, and, and they're trying to really sink her with their own words, which is fine. She's been doing that herself. But this is a clip from 2015, and she's talking about illegal aliens and how important it is to uh, get them to become productive members of society. She's She wants to... Uh, well, I'll just let her tell you what, what we should what we should refer to illegal aliens as, illegal immigrants. This is Nikki Haley, 2015, cut five. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life too. They have kids too. They have a heart too. They, so we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. Shouldn't refer to them as criminals. These are families that are coming over here in search of better jobs and better lives. This was at the uh, Aspen Institute event where she made uh, the remarks. She was South Carolina's governor. She was governor then. Uh, she went on to say, having said that, we are a country of immigrants. God, do I hate that phrase. I don't hate that we're a country of immigrants. I'm, I hate the people use that as a talking point when it really holds no relevancy to illegal immigration because we are a country of legal immigrants. She said, I'm a proud daughter of Indian parents that reminded us every day how, we, how blessed we are to live in this country. They resent when people come here illegally. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come here for a better life, too. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've, a leopard can't change its spots, right? Tiger can't change its stripes. That's how she wants us to refer to illegal aliens. She doesn't want you calling them criminals. In fact, that's what they are. And she, I, I guess, believes the lie that these are all families that are coming over here in search of better lives. No, they're mostly men. And I know a lot of people don't like the phrase military age men, but that's exactly what they are. They're military age that will never serve in our military. Um, many of them from varied backgrounds, questionable backgrounds, Many of them on certain watch lists that are getting through. Uh, some of them we catch, but many do get through. And what are they doing when they get here? They're taking up rooms in hotels that were meant for paying customers that are visiting or they need the space themselves because they don't have a home, but they are able to 
supplement themselves somehow, be it through government assistance on their own or whatever other means, but citizens that could use those hotel rooms and they're trashing the hotels. We've heard countless stories of the, the Row Hotel, especially in New York City. We've heard nightmares out of other hotels around the country and, and stories from just, just they're outside and they're inside drinking and, and tearing things up. And even Eric Adams himself has, has said that he believes that a lot of the crime they're seeing in New York City right now is because of illegal immigrants, criminal illegal immigrants, because... As he says, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. 844-500-4242. We'll be right back. This is the Howie Carr Show. Howie Carr. He's Howie Carr. And he's back. Welcome back to the Howie Carr Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Tobias Hearing Center in Quincy, Mass. They helped Howie get fitted with a pair of state-of-the-art hearing aids. And they can help you, too. For a limited time only, mention Howie Carr and receive up to $200 off your hearing aids. That's TobiasHearing.com. Matt, what is today's poll question and what are the results thus far? Which name were you most surprised to see in the Epstein documents? Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, Tom Pritzker, Michael Jackson, Stephen Hawking, or Alan Dershowitz? Stephen Hawking for the win, please. Stephen Hawking has 68%, followed by Michael Jackson with 13%, Alan Dershowitz with 12%, and Donald Trump with 5%. Does Prince Andrew still have zero? No, he has 1%. He has now. 1%. Okay. Uh, that would have been fun if we, we could have kept him at zero. 844 500 4242. Steve, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Steve. Taylor, we are in the midst of uh, a democratic, socialist, anti American takeover of our country. And I think you should. Uh, be a little bit uh, less uh, severe on Republican candidates because even though they are flawed, as all candidates are, simply because they make a gaffe or they eat too much is not a cause to ridicule them. Any of them would be so much better than what we have now. Well, I'm not the one. I'm not the one who pokes fun of Chris Christie because of his his poor diet, but. Uh... Given given the chance, sure, it's it's a shot you can take. But you do understand, Steve, that this is a, a primary election, and you're supposed to pick apart these candidates and and criticize them for their words on the campaign trail. That's that's how candidates are decided. You understand that, right? Uh, yeah, but I think it should be look at their overall policy, not try to parse some mistake they may have made on some platform at eight years ago. Uh, let's look at their large um, vision for the country and see if it's, they're all improvements. So which which policy of Nikki Haley's do you like over Ron DeSantis's? I'm not necessarily, uh, well, I'm not necessarily in favor of uh, 
her over Ron DeSantis. Like both of them, the only problem I have with Ron DeSantis is I think he's needlessly combative. And I whoa, whoa, Steve! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit by and let you pick apart another candidate. I don't think that that a personality trait should be a reason for you to criticize them. That that's not what this is about. It should be policy. Primarily, it should be policy. Mm. I just wish that Ron DeSantis was a little bit more even tempered. Uh, which I think Nikki Haley is, and I like that mm, about her. I think that one went a little over Steve's head. Thanks very much for the call, Steve. 844-500-4242. Charles, you're next on the Howie Carr Show. Go ahead, Charles. Yes, thank you very much for having me. I just wanted to say that uh, Nikki Haley is just like another Democrat. Um, and the fact that CNN likes her is is just to me a, a litmus test not to vote for her. What what um, about her think makes you think that, Charles? Well, look at how she she went from being bankrupt uh, to nine million dollars uh, by you know essentially what Vivek was saying, Ramaswamy was saying. I think she's she's done some corrupt stuff and she's tasted some power and money, um, and that's not what we want. Um, so, uh, you know, she's she's gone soft on abortion, uh, which is a big one for me. Yep. Um, you know, she has to be able to take a stand. And the fact that she's kind of in the middle, um, that's that's a no-no for me. Well, and, and certainly these, these past comments that she's made, uh, illegal immigrants and, and the Civil War, again, not, not huge uh, blunders, but... These, these things add up over a period of time and, and do account for somebody's, um, not acumen, but their, uh, their, their overall qualifications for being president of the United States. Whether that speaks to their temperament or to their, their policy, I guess you can roll those in, almost into the same basket. But it, it, does, it does speak a lot to, I think, the character of the person and if they're willing to overlook certain things and not able to call out certain things for what they are, saying an illegal alien is a criminal is not a hard thing to say. It's factually true. Saying the Civil War was primarily about slavery is not a hard thing to say. It is primarily true. Uh, those aren't difficult things to, to spew. But Nikki Haley has a very tough time speaking the obvious truth and in some instances <laughs> in some instances she says the exact blatant opposite we'll be back more of your calls coming up i'm taylor cormier this is the howie car show From the Matthews Brothers Studios. Welcome back to the Howie Car Show, 844-500-4242. Limerick Guy says, Taylor, thanks for once again clarifying that this country was founded by legal immigration. The Revolutionary War was actually fought to expel illegal aliens, namely the British. Yeah, 
Well, was that really what the Revolutionary War was about, or was that a distraction? I think the Civil War was a distraction, too, now that I think about it. No, I've, I mean, that, it's such a stupid talking point. And, and that's all it is. It's not even, it doesn't even rise to a talking point. You're discussing illegal immigration, and somebody will inevitably call in or, or chirp back at you and say, well, this country, we're a nation of immigrants. Yes, you are correct, but you're leaving out a very important qualifier, and that would be a nation of illegal immigrants, not illegal immigrants. We were not a lawless country. We, we had a, a very strict set of rules for getting into the United States. Maybe not a very strict set of rules, but we had a set of rules and a process, more importantly, for coming into the United States of America. And we were expanding. We needed more people. We needed more immigrants. I don't, we don't, we're not calling on the world at this moment because we have states that need to be filled up. Our states are filled up. Our our res, residual or residential areas, I should say, our um, our metropolises, our our cities and towns are are pretty much filled to the brim at this point, overflowing. Where we've we've had to take places that weren't meant for permanent habitation and turn them into places of permanent habitation until we can get those permanent inhabitants on the dole and get them work permits and uh, continue to get them EBTs and, uh, well, you know the rest of the story. 844-500-4242. And then they'll inevitably say, well, what does it say on, on the Statue of Liberty? Give us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. I don't recall that in the Constitution, though. I mean, the, the Statue of Liberty is not a binding document it's it's a nice statue it's a nice nice notion for that time period um but that that was not anywhere in the constitution it's not a law we do have laws and they're they're not being followed so much so that alejandro mayorkas is facing a possible impeachment uh, he was on this morning on CBS Mornings with uh, one of the anchors there. And he's he's not too worried about it. He's on he's on Fox right now talking about the border crossings. And he'll, he'll eventually be a well, he'll eventually talk about his possible impeachment. Uh, to me, they're impeaching the wrong guy. Biden is, is the one giving out the directives on this. But let's listen to. How do you pronounce this guy's last name? Doc Docupil, Decoupel, Tony Decoupel. We'll, we'll call him. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't watch CBS. You can't blame me. Tony Decoupel is the anchor on CBS Mornings, speaking with Alejandro Mayorkas. Um, let's go with cut two, Matt. Because of the standards at the border and the flow issue that Republicans have identified, Republic uh, Democratic leaders, mayors, governors. They're struggling. Uh, Abbott, Governor Abbott in Texas, is busing people to different states. They're showing up on, on doorsteps. They're in the streets. They can't work. They're hungry. They're begging. It's a big, big problem. What is the White House willing to do to come to the aid of your fellow Democrats who say, we need help? 
So a, a few things. Number one, we have sought and received some funding from Congress to assist mayors and governors in addressing the migration challenge. But let me ask you a question. Do you think it is responsible governance for one governor to refuse to coordinate, communicate, cooperate with other state officials around the country and just unilaterally bus people to another locality without oh informing God. the receiving oh, locality? Pause, this, so that- pause, pause. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. You're not coordinating with states whatsoever. You're, you're just the border is open and you're leaving it to the states and their their own uh, resources to deal with this problem. You have no plan whatsoever. You're not communicating anything. Uh, even even Massachusetts, even our own extremely liberal governor, Maura Healey, has uh, made a, a, a pleas to uh, the federal government to send help. We, we need help. We're, we're at capacity. We can't take anybody else. We have got to get a handle on this. And we hear nothing. So don't tell us, well, one governor is, is uh, you know, he's not coordinating. He's not playing nice with the rest of the states. He's being a bully about this. It's not fair to everybody else. It's not fair to him that he's bearing the brunt of this invasion that we're having across our southern border. Go ahead. Continue with the clip without informing the receiving locality so that we can work together to address a challenge that our country faces is that the type yeah, pause it pain- again you start dude like like get it together find a solution implore joe biden your boss to get his ass off the seat on this this issue and do something about the border. It's it's complete BS when Biden comes out and says, well, give me the money and oh, I'll get the border uh, you know, taken care of. No, we the, the money is, is already being redirected to all the people that you have already let in under your watch. We have no more money. We have no more resources. You need to work with what you have. Take some of the cash that you took in from China and devote it to building the wall. Go ahead. Three faces. Is that the type of patriotism and governance that we expect of our officials? I think that both parties are playing games and have been for decades on this issue, and you're not talking about the fundamental point of contradiction. The Republicans want a a stop to the flow with very specific ideas. You're not even talking about those ideas this morning, and so both sides are playing politics as they have been for a very long time. uh, Secretary Mayorkas. I would respectfully disagree with you. I would respectfully disagree with you. We, That's we have his to point. Leave it there. That's his point, that you're just disagreeing. And you just did it again. You proved his point. Yet you're respectfully disagree. I don't care if you're doing respectfully or disrespectfully. You're, you're disagreeing just to disagree and to keep this conversation going with no action. You're not doing a damn thing about it. And, and as Howie would say... Alejandro Mayorkas, you know, he he pointed in the last few seconds there, this is not a very patriotic thing to do. As Howie would say, patriotism, the last refuge of a scoundrel. And that's what Alejandro Mayorkas is. Now, it's gotten, he he talked about um, Governor Abbott. He didn't mention any names, but he's talking about Governor Abbott uh, sending illegal aliens, criminal illegal aliens, into New York City through the use of charter buses. 
Now, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has, has all but said that they're up to capacity. What, what he's really saying is we don't want any more immigrants. We, 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 we've had it. We've, we've got problems with these people, and we can't handle any more. Our resources are stretched. The cops are working around the clock. We don't have enough cops. We don't have enough of anything to deal with any more of these. We can't take any more illegals. Send them somewhere else. He's so fed up that he's suing not Governor Greg Abbott, not the state of Texas. He's suing the bus companies. Cut four. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today... Our administration filed the well, lawsuit Well, hold on. Against- if I could, I'm sorry, Matt, to do this to you, but if we could pause it there. Do you think Texas can bear the, the, the cost of all of these illegals coming over the border? New York City is probably a lot more flush with cash than, than, than uh, most of Texas. Texas is made up of a lot of small towns and, and some big cities, but New York City is probably a lot more well-prepared to deal with such an influx, seeing as how they've had such an outflow of people from the city to Florida, to Texas, to uh, other states in between, to Tennessee, because of, of not only the freedoms there, but it's because the ideals and the way of life is a lot nicer. Go ahead, continue. Administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants, and that's why we are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bused here in the last two years by the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. Break the law? What law? Can you tell me what law is being broken by, you might as well say any taxi in New York City is breaking the law by somebody hailing them down and picking up a passenger and taking that paying customer to wherever they're going. The charter company, the, the bus companies, they just show up with a bus, just be here at such and such a time, we're hiring you, and we're going to pay you to drive to New York City and come back with an empty bus. That's what we want, and that's what they do. How do you hire somebody for doing their, uh, how do you sue somebody rather for doing their job? Of course, it's just meant as a threat to these, these bus companies and he wants them to stop picking up their, their fares, but it's easy money for them. I mean, big money too. They can fill up a bus and drive all the way to New York City. Uh, Hell, they'll do it. 844-500-4242. Eric, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Eric. Hi, Taylor. Hey. I I uh, I just wanted to note that um, you know you had Mayorkas on there earlier saying that Texas just 
drops these people without coordinating their arrivals with anybody, but the federal government won't even coordinate the efforts to stop the immigrants from coming over the border. Texas is employing, you know, they're using the razor wire and other techniques to try to get people from coming across. And instead of allowing Texas to use their resources to help stop the uh, influx, the federal government's taking them to court, telling them they can't do what they should be coordinating in doing, and that is stopping the the inflow at its at its source. Right. Yeah. The Biden administration is now suing the state of Texas for in, enforcing the laws that the uh, the federal government should be enforcing. You're exactly right. And and Joe Biden said, well, we should be focusing on solutions. And Mayorkas is saying we should be focusing on solutions. Well, here you have a guy who's focusing on solutions in Greg Abbott, and he's, he's trying to, to stop this so much. So, I mean, the, the congressional delegation that was down there yesterday of 60 or so uh, representatives led by Mike Johnson, uh, they they were giving a press conference there. In the middle of their press conference, they had illegal criminal illegal aliens crossing the uh, the Rio Grande right behind them, asking them for directions, uh, which way to go in order to cross the border. I mean, again, I say it all the time. It, it'd be so funny if it weren't so sad that that that's taking place. Yet you have the hypocrisy of Joe Biden and Mayorkas et al and saying that we want to work with Republicans and find solutions, yet when Republicans come up with solutions, they balk or sue them. It's despicable. They don't want a solution. They want to continue this this planned-out destruction of what America is and what it has been. Thanks very much for the call, Eric. 844-500-4242. This is The Howie Carr Show. Did you know that between hosting a four-hour radio show, multiple media hits, political advocacy, and walking Roscoe the Wonder Pug? I call it a dog. Howie still finds time to write three columns a week. Oh, wow. Read his latest at HowieCarshow.com. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back just a few minutes left here until we have to say good night 844-500-4242 nick thanks for hanging on you're next on the howie car show go ahead nick hey i'd like to add on something to my original uh topic and i'll make them really brief one is um uh, in the cases of uh murder by uh uh, demented transgender people, if they're underage, I, I believe you should be able to sue the hospitals, the therapists, the school departments, the parents who gave consent to underage people to do to do that surgery. Um, and I and I like to jump real quickly to the, uh, the slavery thing, Civil War. Well, let's look about what happened. 1829, Andrew Jackson went after the state of South Carolina because they had passed a tariff. Because the South Carolina was in the South was was doing immense trade with Europe and such. Okay, this hurt the North because they can't grow anything. Yeah, and they were importing people, importing people to manufacture. That's all they could do. So this was a power grab. Yes, yeah, slavery was a Nick, horrific Nick, thing. Nick, 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 we we don't. I'm sorry. I, I can't let you just give a, a history lesson with a bunch of dates and and it it bores people. It, it's. I get that there's more to it. We're not going to go through this again. I get that there's more to it than that. If you can't accept that the Civil War and the widely accepted answer is about slavery, I can't help you, okay? I get it. Get the out of my 
my house. <laughs> Real quick, the uh, we we reported on this last night, and I'm sure you've seen the video by now. the The man who jumped over the judge, literally leaped over the judge's bench and tackled her in a Las Vegas courtroom. He has obviously been arrested again. He did not show up to court today. He remains in jail. He refused to go to court. I guess he was a little embarrassed. He's a three-time felon. His name is Diabra Redden. He's 30 years old. Um, and he has a rap sheet as, as long as my arm. 1992. Uh, his... The Nevada Employment Security Department versus Diabra Redden. So fraud was... Uh, uh, the outcome there, 1993, drugs, felony gross misdemeanor, 19, also 1993, same uh, same date, attempted murder with a dangerous weapon, De- uh, degrees of murder, battery with use of a dangerous weapon. Seems he was sentenced in that uh, because he doesn't appear until on the, the rap sheet again until 2015 for attempted theft, 2016 for battery, 2018 for... Battery with substantial injury, 2021 battery, uh, 2023 January, malicious destruction of property, April, uh, May of 2023, competency determination and attempted battery with substantial injury. And he once again uh, inflicted, well, battery against a judge. Now he's refusing to show up into court. I wouldn't want to show my face there either. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the Howie Carr Show.